Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast, where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through some honorable mentions and odds and ends to have a nice little video game discussion. I'm Dan Tucker, and with me, as always, is El Ray. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest, I think the only way to put this, and, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this, is to say our guest tonight is a Mario Golf legend. I, I, I think that's the only proper way to introduce this person. The man is untouchable in Super Mario Golf. It is Bits Dad himself. Bits, how you doing today? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Is it appropriate to call you? What you want to be the Arnold Palmer of this? The Jack Nicholas? What are we? What are we looking for <laughs> well, here? The, the, the guys in the league call me the bad guy, so I guess we can go with that. That makes Everybody you tiger. Needs a bad guy. Yeah, that makes you tiger then. So I'll take it. That's a pretty good comparison. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come back to Mario Golf Super Rush though. So we're gonna we're gonna put that one on pause, and we're gonna start with game number one here, which is actually Mega Man Three. Which I've messed with you before and said that's a weird way to say Mega Man Two, but you have <laughs> you've stood by and said Mega Man Three is your is your game. So listen, of yeah. all the games you've talked about, of all the games through time. How does Mega Man 3 end up the first one that we're talking about here? Yeah, so, you know, when I think about just gaming in general, my NES, I mean, that thing changed my life. I love that system so much, and I still play it so much. The Mega Man franchise, honestly, the first time I got a chance to play Mega Man was renting Mega Man 2 from Blockbuster Video. I had no idea how the game worked or what it was about. In fact... The first time I opened that game and you get to the stage select screen, I actually thought it was a character select screen. And I picked Woodman thinking that guy looked thoroughly and awesome. And it didn't matter because as soon as the, the stage started, it's just this little blue guy on the screen. I thought it was kind of a ripoff. And that happens with NES games. So um, pretty funny way to start my Mega Man career, but absolutely enjoyed Mega Man 2. The reason I rank Mega Man 3 higher, there's a couple things that happen with Mega Man 3 that makes it so, so special to me. One, it gives you the ability to slide, which you didn't have in Mega Man 2. But the ability to slide in that game is so, so important. Such a, a great skill to have. Second, it introduces Rush. So before Mega Man 3, there was no Rush. It was like item 1 and item 2. But Rush is awesome. He's like Mega Man's pet dog. Love it. Love the whole Rush sequence, the jet, and all that fun stuff. So Rush is the man. Uh, and then lastly, I would say it's the most difficult of the six Mega Man games on the NES. It's very, very taxing. It's very hard to learn the levels. Uh, and once you even get past the initial eight levels they then open up these four special levels which and here's a really great twist they reintroduce the mega man 2 robot masters in those extra levels for mega man 3 which i thought was incredible so you get to you get to play all the bosses of three you go back and you get to play all the bosses of two and then you come back you get to play all the bosses of three again just to get to dr wiley <laughs> so it's a real chaotic and crazy game a lot of cool weapons, uh, and just even even more perfected than Mega Man 2, which is, I think, widely regarded as one of the best games on the NES. See, it's funny you say Mega Man 3's... You said it's taxing, I think, probably. You said hardest, but you also kind of said taxing in there, because it, it is a marathon of a game. One is always the one that I feel like is the hardest. It is just... I feel yeah. like it's unforgiving by comparison, because like you said, by the time you get to 3... You can slide, so you kind of work around some attacks a little bit differently than you could before, but yeah. one is brutal. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mega Man 1 is funny. You know, it's, it's funny to me because not many people have been able to play that game. It's not widely available. And the controls in that game are just a little stiffer than the rest of the series. So it doesn't, it doesn't hold up as well as 2 through 6 when I go back and play it. It's just there's something about it. It's not as fluid as, the, it, as it became Mega Man 2 and beyond. Yeah, the, the jumps are not as clean, and uh, I would also. Yeah. It feels like there's like an input lag in that game. Like it always feels like it's yeah, a hair totally behind. Agree. Totally agree, and so that makes it difficult to play in the wrong way. Like that wonky NES, the controls kind of stink on this game, so it's hard because of that. That's not really what I'm looking for. What I want is challenging platformer where if I practice and I grind it out, I'm gonna get to the end eventually. So. You talked about renting Mega Man 2 from Blockbuster and not knowing what to do. And I think we were kind of ripped off because Mega Man's a pretty cool name, but Rockman is a much Rock cooler Man. name. Yeah. Not because he rocks out, but because that's the whole point of the game is rock, paper, scissors. So you have no idea if you're coming in. So I just go through all of that elaborate dance around to ask you, who was the boss that you went after first in Mega Man 3? Uh, in Mega Man 3, I mean, it, it would depend, but I usually start with Top Man. His pattern was pretty simple, and you could take him out pretty easily with the Mega Buster. You know, it's interesting on that game. A lot of the Mega Man games, it, it is a full sequence, a full circle. You can go one Robot Master to the next, and all the way wrap around to the first one, as far as using the weapons against them. In Mega Man 3, they changed that. There's like two sets. There's a, a set of five bosses that you have to go through, and then a set of three bosses that kill each other with their weapons. So... It deviates a little bit from the formula, and that, that's just another thing to add to the complexity of the game. So usually start with Top Man, but you can mix it up. There, there's a couple of those guys you can knock out with the Mega Buster. Who was the worst or most annoying one in that game for you? Oh, um, let's see. I, I, I'll say Snake Man. I mean, there's something about that guy that he doesn't he doesn't take a lot of damage with any weapon. And he's just all over the place. And so even to this day, even though I've played that game I don't even know how many dozens of times. Every now and again, Snake Man will still knock me out and, and kill me, and I'll have to come back and try him again. But he can be really annoying. Got to got to cue our office. That's what she said. I have to ask this question: Is Hard Man the worst name for a Mega Man boss, or is it the best name? <laughs> uh, don't have to answer that. Anyway, don't, move, don't answer that one. Don't answer. Move on. I yeah, I gotta tell you, the one that sticks out for me is the the hologram Mega Man fight because I feel like that was one where I got stuck. I felt like even if I made progress yeah. in the game, I would get stuck at that one and just get yeah. So that's a really tricky, really tricky boss fight. There is there is like a little tell that you can tell which one of the three is the one you can shoot, and it has the same sort of transport, I guess, animation that Mega Man actually does. And the other two just sort of appear. They don't have that little bloop in there. Yeah, they don't. They don't have that beam in the same way. Well, I gotta tell you, right. eight, eight year old me didn't know that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we go to game number two, Super Mario World, on the yeah. SNES. So the question is: Is it the best of the no, SNES? No, no, no. Did you hear? Did you hear how that goes? Stop you see it. how nice that's, that Stop that it. goes when I say that the best of the SNES. Start over. Oh, you don't have to answer that, oh, bitch. <laughs> the best of the SNES is that your favorite I, one? I love that you two have this back and forth over over what you call it. You know, when I was younger, I always called it Super Nintendo. That's what we called it. We called it the Super Nintendo. We didn't call it SNES. We didn't call it SNES. It was my Super Nintendo. So that's how I always think about it. So that's it perfectly acceptable. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. 
So with yeah. Super Mario World, is it your favorite Mario on the Super Nintendo? I'm going to go with that now. Super Mario World is my favorite Mario game, period. That game is as close to perfection as you can get, especially for a, a side-scrolling platformer. I had a buddy in grade school that had gotten a Super Nintendo and he had Super Mario World pretty soon after it released. And he invited me over the weekend that he got it and we stayed up all night and we just played Super Mario World. I mean, we didn't sleep at all. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those, those crazy memories that you have as a kid. And that game, I mean, it is just... Everything that was great about Super Mario Brothers 3, they perfected it in Super Mario World. Getting the Yoshi is so cool the first time you do it. You start eating a bunch of apples, and then he, like, poops out a one-up or something. I mean, it's just so, so great. The, the cape power-up has got to be the greatest power-up ever in the Mario series. I absolutely love it. I love being able to float across the screen. And if you can perfect that skill, and you really need to perfect that skill, if you're going to go to that star road and get open up all the, the different levels there, the radical stage and whatever they were all called, it, it was pretty pretty fun stuff. But those, cha- those, those levels were so challenging. You had to be so really good at utilizing the cape and the different Yoshis just to get through it. So again, some difficulty there, but... Man, oh man. I mean, I still go back and play that game, and I've played it with my kids, and it holds up. I mean, it holds up better than any game prior to 2000 <laughs> that I can think of. It's it's so purely good, and I can't find a flaw with it. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's the best of the Mario series, and frankly, nothing even comes close to it. Nothing since then has even come close to touching it. It's the king. Wow, what a, descri- what a description. I, th- I think Bits answered every single one of my questions in one monologue though i mean i'm like watching here like oh he just said that part oh he just said that one that was that was so good all right here's how about this though here's one thing i remember from it because i'm trying to think of some extra stuff the music in that game like when you say everything was perfected they they changed the music that's like something i remember about the game one two and three have this very kind of distinct kind of rhythm to it and then this one gave you kind of like this island music and I remember, I remember that music standing out. Thinking, oh, this is the Yoshi music now because they kind of continue that again. So yeah. What, like, is that something you ever think about? Like, kind of like the music change from one, two, three, and then Super Mario World. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think your know, music might be an underrated component to some of the earlier games, especially on the NES. But it's true for the Super Nintendo too. You know, you you almost want the music to be catchy enough that it sticks with you and you can remember it, but not so crazy that it takes over the gaming experience like you you don't even realize you're learning the song in the back of your head but then you'll be in the shower or something and you just start whistling the super mario world theme or, or legend of zelda theme or whatever it is there's so many iconic sounds but yeah super mario world i always liked the music in that game i thought it fit perfectly the stages where you're within a cave you know it's, it's sort of that ominous type of music the the ghost houses Really cool stuff. I mean, it was just sort of spooky and creepy. And so, yeah, the, yeah, the music in that game is, is excellent. So when you were playing it, as a kid, were you getting all the extra, like, secret levels and the, and all the extra blocks? And here's here's the little extra world with, it's like a supply closet, essentially, when you need power-ups? <laughs> yeah, you, f- you know, so, so we, I mentioned my buddy had gotten it right away. And when we first realized, yeah, I... It doesn't take very long into the game before you get to the first level 
where it has split roads where you can go two different directions depending on which exit you take. And it's noticeable because those worlds on the map are a red dot instead of a yellow dot. Uh, And so when we got to the first red dot stage, the two of us were just like, why is this one red? Does that mean it's super hard? Is this going to be a boss fight? What does this mean? And we wound up going through an exit and it took us down to a ghost house instead of what looked like the natural path. And so we started hypothesizing and trying to guess, well, what does that mean? And can we go back? Is there a different way to exit? Because we use a key to get out of the world and we didn't go through a traditional exit. And so we were going back and forth. So yeah, we kind of figured it out pretty early on that some stages allowed you to exit two different ways. Some of them are tricky to find. That supply closet that you mentioned, I think we wound up seeing that in, in a Nintendo Power magazine or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but it was hard to figure all of that out by yourself. But yeah, I mean, we, it didn't take long before we realized that you could do different paths depending on, on which exit you were taking. So that, that opens up just even more of the game, which I always thought was great. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There's so many secret paths. And, and when the Super Nintendo was out, that's not something you just knew. You Luckily, a magazine came where they had that the Nintendo hotline you can call and say, hey, what, how, help right, me out with hotline. this. That was, Forgot about the hotline. Right? That was, that was big. You couldn't Google things. Look at Ray flexing that old man knowledge. I know things. Right. I know I know things. I was alive. <laughs> See, the I'll say one thing. thing is, go ahead, Dan. The, the funnier thing for me is going and playing this with my kids and hitting those levels and going for the secret exit and not even realizing it. It's so ingrained in like muscle memory of like, oh, right. I just need to go to right. that spot. That spot's mm-hmm. not right. I need to go to that. And I, I forgot the first time I cracked this open with my kids that that secret exit exists that goes through the water there. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a second exit for these ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember as a kid, there were certain levels where I did the secret exit as kind of like the normal exit and, right. didn't, and didn't even think about it because it was, you know, the, the key is right in front of you. And they make it obvious. It's like, oh, wait, I sh- I've never actually gotten to the end of this level. Because I always <laughs> exit early. I'll say the last thing, because you talked about singing the music without even thinking about it. My, my son was here the other day, just uh, you know, working, on, working on some paper worksheet, writing words out. And I'm from upstairs, I hear noise. And I come down, I come down later, I was like, hey, was he singing? And she was like, yeah, he was just making random sounds. And I said, no, that wasn't random sounds. He's singing the, the star power-up music. <laughs> this and he's heard it once or twice like you said that that mario music just kind of sticks in you and he was there just humming away star power up as he was writing stuff it was just it's like there it is it just it just sticks in the back of your head ray it just, does. it's just kind of there forever ray just saying so i can right now is sleeping to the super mario brothers movie soundtrack so uh, I, I fully understand <laughs> i fully understand that me he, he, he just found out the movie comes out tomorrow for home release. He is he's gonna explode with joy. Yeah, oh. yeah, we're gonna have to pick, we're gonna have to pick it up and watch it again. That's all that's all we listen to right now. Bits, I'm gonna I'm it's gonna so I'm gonna take a trip down Dan Tucker's random useless information corner to, to upset Ray here because of all this awesome. talk all this talk about the music and the sounds of the Super Nintendo. You can thank that for the PlayStation, Ray. Because of that music, <laughs> you have the PlayStation that exists now. Oh, you're gonna have to explain that one to me. What do you mean you have the PlayStation now? Nintendo Nintendo had a little well, fallout because they were contract with Sony, right? Yeah, they, they contracted <laughs> with Sony initially about the sound chip and pulled out of the deal. Oh no, they, they did no they stuck with the sound chip, which is what led to the Nintendo PlayStation. They pulled out of the Nintendo PlayStation deal because Sony had like a 
backdoor. They get a bunch of financial rights to the games. And they, so Nintendo then just didn't tell Sony. They just announced they pulled out of it. And then Sony went and just made the PlayStation from there. So because they contracted the chip, it led to the PlayStation. There's so many of those weird stories and battles from from that era there when Super Nintendo was out and then Sega starts fighting back with it and then PlayStation shows up. It's, what a it was a, that was an interesting time. I remember I read a book about the whole thing too. It's just weird. They all kind of battle against one another and you know, oh Final Fantasy is gonna we're gonna move on here because we CD that we can put the whole game on instead of because a cartridge isn't gonna do it. What a crazy time. Business Wars podcast. Well, great well, one, one Final Fantasy game would be like four discs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Ray, the last thing I'm going to say, it's it's not, just so we're clear, based on where Bits is from, it's also not SNES, it's not SNES, it's not Super Nintendo, it's Super Nintendo. There you, you go. Deeper. It's deeper. <laughs> deeper. <laughs> you got to get the accent right. Super Nintendo. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done derailing. Ray was supposed to handle that game. I had to jump in too much. I'm sorry. Join us on the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. We're moving on. Let's head to game number three, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. A game that I have to pause so I make sure I say Ocarina properly and not upset Ray again. I do want to say, first of all, 4.9 rated on channel three. And now that Tears of the Kingdom has come out, we've got a pretty good we've got a pretty good rating as far as the, the critics go. Right now, Ocarina still holds on to highest Metacritic score of all time for a video game. Uh, Tears is looking like it's at a 96. Ocarina is holding on to the 99. So it's uh, it's still holding up there. But uh, let's let's talk about this. So the third game, where walk us through what happened. Yep. You know, we went. I guess we went NES to Super Nintendo to uh, Nintendo 64, progressing onward. N64, yeah. So I mean, you could tell I'm a Nintendo guy at heart. I mean, that's those are the systems I've owned my whole life, uh, and I'm sort of a loyalist in that way. I've had some other systems, but I, I always go back to Nintendo. To the early point, Dan, in Baltimore, it's Ocarina of Time. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, I won't, I won't be offended. The Phil, the Philly, Delaware County, like progressing down into Baltimore accent, it all bleeds together. <laughs> I didn't see that's any. Right. I didn't see any Ocarina Ocarina stores on the wire either. Bits. That's right. That's right. Um, boy. <laughs> Ocarina of Time, holy moly, what a game this thing was. I mean, when when this game came out, there was a lot of hype, and I remember there being a lot of hype, and I was worried that they were, because I love Link to the Past, and I was so worried that the the new style was just not going to be as good as Link to the Past, and it blew it out of the water. I mean, Ocarina of Time hits everything that you want in a Zelda game, and really just a video game in general. When that game starts 
and the Deku tree sends Navi to go find Link in Kakari, or not Kakariko Village, in the Kokiri Forest. And she's flying around, and it's sort of this first person point of view of this fairy flying through the forest she bumps into a fence at one point and i was just blown away i mean you haven't done anything yet in the game and i'm blown away already by what was happening on the screen i've never seen anything like it so i was so impressed with that but the gameplay itself is phenomenal the story is phenomenal i mean it'd be impossible for me to say anything that's hasn't been said about this game already it is just so so good and when you think when you think about starting that game you go through the forest, you find your sword, you find your shield, you get to the Deku tree, and you go inside. And that whole inside the great Deku tree is very much a tutorial phase, right? I mean, that whole dungeon is set up to be sort of a tutorial. There's a whole lot of stops for, hey, listen, and that's fine. I think you need that in a game like this. But man, when you walk into the boss lair and Goma is up on the ceiling, and the first time you play that, it's dark, it is spooky. You look up at the ceiling, that giant eyeball is there, and the spider falls down. And it's like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I just, that always stuck with me. And the game just continues from there. I mean, it is, it's so good. The story is so good. The controls are still good. You can still go back and play it. And I don't, I don't think a whole lot of N64 games hold up that well. But man, Ocarina does. It really, really does. You can go back and play that over and over and over again. And I have, and I love it. So. It's my favorite Zelda game, and I, I don't think that will change. I mean, Breath of the Wild is a great title, but it doesn't even come close. Ocarina is the best. I've been afraid to go back to it, and you're making me feel more comfortable now. Uh, because Mario 64, I, like I've just had a tough time with Mario 64 on the Switch. And yeah. I, I've been worried that Ocarina is not going to age well if I turn it back on. But like, like you said, though, I, I, I remember... I remember the time because did you did like Nintendo somebody I feel like somebody sent up like a trailer videotape for the Nintendo 64 back then like one of the magazines it was like Game Informer or Super Nintendo or something like I, I have this memory of a like five or ten minute trailer tape and I remember all the build up for Super Mario and you had the time with Mario beforehand I was trying to figure out how Link and Zelda were going to translate into that same kind of 3D thing and then yeah. I remember Going to Sears. It was Sears's. That, that was that was another store, Ray, back in the day. I'm kidding. I know. First of all, I know what a Sears is. <laughs> I, my, my dad worked as a Sears photographer. That was one of his first jobs when there he came go. Uh, to New Jersey. Oh, nice. So I'm very familiar with Sears. Very familiar. So, so you too were probably babysat by the video game consoles in Sears at some point. I was there. I was there. <laughs> I, I definitely remember the first time. That was where I cracked it. Like I I'd wanted it. I was waiting for it for Christmas. It's like, oh, come on. Hopefully I'm getting this for Christmas. And like, oh, they, they have a demo. And I remember playing it. Like you said, you watched that that first entry. I'm like, oh, this is just perfect. It's so good. It's so good. So what was your favorite weapon or item in that one, though? There was a lot of uh, a lot of returning items and a lot of new items, though, too. Yeah. You know, I love the hook shot. I loved it in Link to the Past. And I loved it in Ocarina of Time. It's it's a great item, and it's so useful. It really, really is so useful. I've always enjoyed that, but but I will say this, and this might be cheating from an item, because it's not an item at all, but having Epona show up in that game and being able to go get her and jump over that fence and escape the ranch, and now you've got this horse to ride on. How cool is that? That's like the greatest. That's one of the greatest moments in gaming history. It's so it's so cool. It's so much fun. It's not part of the main storyline. You don't have to do it. You don't have to go get her. 
but when you do it's it's great like it's it's such a cool experience um, right, that's I, a good, I absolutely love it. you went from good answer with the hook shot because just seeing the hook shot move into 3d and how much that opened up with the hook shot but yeah going to opponent never mind you win you win you win it's so much fun it's just so much fun to go go pick her up and it's just a different way to explore the game so this wouldn't be an ocarina discussion if i didn't ask about it the water temple talk to me yeah 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 i will say this for the water temple the first time you play through it the very first time i ever played through it i remember thinking to myself over and over again what did i miss i had to miss something what did i miss i missed a key somewhere because that's really what it always came down to right you're sort of surfing, going through the different levels, trying to find the different keys as you get, keep unlocking little components and compartments that you couldn't access before. And I always, I mean, even today, if I played through it, I bet you I would miss a key somewhere. It, there's just a lot of them. And that didn't bother me. It didn't really bother me at all. It didn't bother me that I had to keep changing the water level. The most annoying part of that temple is taking on and off the iron boots, right? having to pause the game, go to the menu, unselect the boots or reselect the boots. That was difficult. I think they fixed that in later versions. You could just kind of quick quick change, but that was the most annoying part. But the temple itself is actually, it's a pretty well-designed temple. I mean, it, it really makes you remember and think about where you've been and which hallways you've been down that you couldn't access the end of the hallway because you didn't get the long shot yet or you were missing a key or whatever it is. That, that was really, really tricky the first couple times you played through it. So I don't have much of an issue with the Water Temple. Between the, you know, the, the Iron Boot situation, which was a, a little annoying, the boss fight in that, that temple is not great. And I think, that's, I think most people complain about the level of the, the whole temple itself. I think the worst part of that temple is the boss fight. It was kind of you know, a letdown. Because you're just happy it's, you're out of that temple. That's all that matters at that point. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. It gets it gets more of a bad rap than it should, um, but I, I understand where it's coming from. I, I played through that game three times, and every time, like I, I played through the game, I played through the game again immediately, and then I picked it up a few years later in college. And every time, it was just like I ran into a brick wall. Oh, <laughs> great game! Give it a try to get on the Switch. Uh, I, yeah, I played through it at when it released on the you know the N sixty four app or you know whatever it is on the Switch. It's worth going back. When I'm done pl- spending seven hours on the introduction of Tears of the Kingdom in the first three shrines, oh as, Ray, as Ray smiles and nods, that, like this is probably supposed to take about 45 minutes, but I'm taking about three hours, and I'm, I'm bulked up. I'm ready to fight Ganon now. Let's go. Yeah, man, I tell you, I, uh, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I didn't get a whole lot of time this weekend to play Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, Mother's Day weekend, we had yeah. a lot going on. But Obligatory shout-out some... to Jedi for calling out Nintendo's marketing people for that. Yeah, what was that about? But <laughs> in any case... Yeah, same thing. Like, I, I felt like the tutorial, like, at a point, I didn't even think I was in the tutorial phase anymore. Like, I thought I'd gone beyond it. But I hadn't, I hadn't done anything yet. So I'm excited to really dive into that game once I get a little bit of time. I'm, I'm really impressed. I, I'm, I'm going to end my tears discussion with this. I'm just going to say I'm really impressed because there are three of us playing playing it. Me, who spent 200 hours on the first one, a lot of hotel time traveling back for work at that point in time. About 200 hours just playing through Breath of the Wild once. I have Just yep. Saying So I Can, who has played through the game five times, never fought Ganon. He just refused to finish it. That's an entirely different conversation. <laughs> he continually reset the game, beat all the Divine Beasts, including just playing as many of them as he could with just four hearts. He would just do that. 
and now May Cat and now my daughter is going through. She did, she did not really play Breath of the Wild, but she is torn through at eight years old the first three shrines, and I'm really impressed because again her lack of knowledge of it. The game is doing a really good job. Like you can either if you know Breath of the Wild, you can ignore all the little constructs that are trying to teach you things and just go play the game. Right. Or you can stop and talk and learn the things again. Now, there are some differences in some of the new stuff with all the whatever the, the Zonai stuff and and all that. Or you can just kind of go with it. So they did a really good job, I think, with this of balancing. Hey, listen, if you're here for Breath of the Wild 2, we got you. If you've never played Zelda before, we got you. <laughs> They're good either way. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, you know, I feel like with the Zelda franchise, they never really they never really let you down. I mean, they, you can debate. People will debate over Wind Waker or Twilight Princess or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, they're all excellent, excellent games. All right, let's move into the honorable mentions. We're going to talk about three games that did not quite make the cut here. We alluded to game number one here, the slayer of the dad gaming in Mario Golf Super Rush. So let's let's talk about this and the, the other. In one hand, you have Nintendo's marketing blunder of releasing Tears of the Kingdom Mother's Day weekend. And on the other hand, in infamous tirades in Nintendo marketing history, they released Mario Golf Super Rush the weekend after Father's Day. They got these messages wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing over there. Uh, I can't really speak to that, but I will say, yeah, I, I kind of went back and forth whether I wanted to, to do Mario Golf here or Mario Kart 8 here. I, I went with Mario Golf because... That, that's where I've had the most success. So. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're the winner of that one. You're an active participant in cart, but you're the king of Super Rush. <laughs> right, and, and you know, and the reason I say both of those games is because that is really the the gaming community that I'm in now. It's, those are the two primary games that I'm playing with. You know, you guys uh, and all the all the other guys on C3 and TVG. Um, and we have we have such a great time. I mean, every Sunday night we're out there and we're just smacking the ball around and joking and laughing and to me that's you know that's something that's something you know when i was younger you didn't really have that i mean if you could go to a buddy's house that was great and you were interacting with your friends in that way but man now it's we get on the discord and we load up cart or we load up golf and we're having a great time and you know we're, we're learning about each other and the different parts of the country and sometimes internationally where people are from and what they're doing so really really great community the game itself is so much fun i mean for anybody out there that hasn't picked it up yet might be thinking about picking it up i would encourage you to do so not only is it a great community and a lot of fun with the guys but the game itself is so much fun i mean the the idea of speed golf is crazy i mean you're you're running up the fairways you're kicking each other's balls you're smacking into each other. You're launching specials. Yes. Yoshi's turning golf balls into eggs and other characters are blasting your ball in the sand traps. Other characters are doing God knows what. It's just, it is a lot of fun. And every time you play it, it's a little bit of a different challenge. There's plenty of different ways to set up the courses. But we have a, we have a really, really good time. So I would encourage anybody who enjoys some competitive, but fun golf or other sport related games it's a good one to get into i remember learning a lot of the things you mentioned as a group specifically you know again this is a game like you said it's better playing with a group but i remember the first time seeing someone i feel like it was o22 who discovered a lot of the offensive maneuvers i just remember the first time (laughs) seeing someone's ball get kicked like wait what did somebody did you just 
run and kick their ball while you did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, you play with a guy like Dope Dad, and he is so good, so good at disrupting other players' shots and, and just taking advantage of what the game allows him to do to knock you off your path or, or throw you off a little bit. He's so good at it, and it's playing around with him will make you educate yourself on how that, that game works. Well, and he doesn't do it just to troll you either. He will win those rounds. That's not oh, yeah. just like, oh, I'm going to oh, yeah. come here and just make you miserable and, and ruin your game. No, it is a specific strategy to get in your head, disrupt your game, and he just plays calmly and goes and beats you. He does, and he's he's excellent at it. He's got a championship. Uh, a lot of those guys do, so it's it's a lot of fun. I encourage anybody to come out and play with us. I, I was going to say, you mentioned the Yoshi eggs, too. I remember when we all found out, like, hit the pin. Hit the pin with the Yoshi yeah, eggs. Chip yeah, it chip, it, chip yeah. it from the green. Hit the pin. <laughs> Yeah, it's, they tweaked that a little bit. It doesn't. It's not as sure of a thing anymore. It comes in a lot, but there's still there's a higher chance now. My, I feel like. Yeah, but it, it's not a hundred percent. So so settle it for us here, bits. I remember we were watching the trailers and all of us kind of collectively reacting beforehand. And you talked about who would have thought about the speed golf and ramming and tackling on the on the greens and on the uh, on the fairways. What's your pick? Speed golf, traditional golf. If you had one. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I think I'd have to go with the speed golf. You know, that's that's how we've decided our playoffs and our championships since we've really started playing as a group. So, you know, it, it adds that extra layer of complexity and a challenge, and it's it just feels more competitive when we do it that way. Yeah, the the stroke play is great, and that can be really competitive too. But man, the speed golf is just. It's just that extra dimension that makes it so much more fun, I think, for everybody that, that's playing. Even even guys that are brand new to the game, they get a kick out of it. So you just if you're gonna play a random course, you're gonna play a random round, but you're allowed to pick your golfer, which one do you go with and why? Yeah, my golfer is usually Bowser. <clears throat> I think I have six championships now, and I'm pretty sure four of those six I've won with Bowser. Yeah, he's. I like his special a lot. It's one of those high arching blast shots, so it's really good for distance and getting over trees and things like that. His dash is really great. He's big, so when you're dashing and you're spinning around, you have a pretty wide hitbox where you can kick other other players' balls, and he hits pretty long. Yeah, he's he's a pretty long hitter, and some of those courses having a little extra distance can go a long way. So I typically will pick Bowser. I've promised. Jedi that if we wind up in a finals together at some point in the future that I will leave Bowser for him so that he can have him for the championship match. So Jedi I'll has multiple championships. I don't want it. Don't cave to him. Well, yeah, but I like Jedi. So, I like him too. You, know. you can't cave to him though. <laughs> and you know, it gives me a chance to prove that I can do it without Bowser. Now you're just flexing. I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, he says, like, I, yeah, I got six championships. Who's, who's counting, you know? You know, somebody's counting. <laughs> every, every time I win one, I go upstairs and I tell my wife, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I won another golf championship. And she's like, okay, great. <laughs> she doesn't care. And I'm like, why are the boys asleep? They would care. Like, wait, let's wake the kids up. They'll care. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank you. So next game, second game on the honorable mention list, Street Fighter 2, which you and I just played a couple weeks ago together. 
We were in that in that Saturday night uh, for fighting. We did. So, that was that was a fun event. I hope uh, I hope we do another one with Street Fighter Two there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Ray kicked my butt and moved on. Did you win the whole thing? No, I did not. I got hugged. I got hugged by Darth Smeagol. Oh, that's uh, right. That's got right. knees to the face over e- and over and over e- again. Honda took him out. That's right. So yeah. So <laughs> Street Fighter Two was. We owned it on the Super Nintendo. That's that's primarily where I played it. It was either there or it was at the local arcade, which was in East Point Mall in Dundalk, Maryland. Uh, the arcade was called Aladdin's Castle. Loved it. But they had a Street Fighter 2 set up, and you know, we would play in there where we got the chance. But the reason I put Street Fighter 2 on this list is, as I mentioned, we owned it on the Super Nintendo, uh, and my father would actually play that game with us. He didn't play a whole lot of the games. He wasn't very good at the game. <laughs> so he would play that. And funny enough, he would play as E Honda because my father is kind of built the same way as he <laughs> He would play as him. And he was kind of the same way. Where he, would, he would just kind of jump and kick and try to grab and hug you and just smash and smash the buttons until he beat you or until you hit him with enough Hadougans that, that he died. <laughs> so, but we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun. You know, when, when you get that chance, you have that experience with one of your parents. I think that's pretty special. Yeah, it's funny now I get to watch him with his grandkids and they're all into Gorilla Tag is what they're into now on like the the Odyssey, mm-hmm. that and the Beat Saber. So they've had him try those games and he looks ridiculous swinging his arms around. And so it's been it's been a lot of fun to sort of see it evolve from Super Nintendo Street Fighter 2 up to this. But that's why I put this one on the list. It's very nostalgic. It's a great fighting game. I think most people that have played it recognize how important that game was to just fighting games in general. It's a lot of fun. Great character selection. A lot of fun to play. Really cool moves. I mean, Hadouken, everybody knows what that is, and it's probably because of Street Fighter 2. Well, when you talk about it's when you talk about games holding up, we've talked about other ones on this list here, like the button combinations of this game are the same button combinations today. Yeah. Right. Any any fighting game, you just you could try and you could press down diagonal forward and attack and so, and something comes out. So <laughs> some some blast attack comes out when you put in that combination. Even I mean Super Super Smash Brothers even puts them in. Yeah. They got the Street Fighter characters and said, Yeah, if you use the combos, which you already know because we're not changing them, um, the moves right. will be better. Yeah. And it's I mean it's it's like you said, we just played it for a C three event a week or two ago and it it was still just as fun as I remember it being. It holds up. It's very playable. I, I just really enjoyed it. I think it's one of the best fighting games I've ever played. And then we move to the last game on the honorable mention list, Cuphead, which wow. this is one of my favorite games. I love, I love Cuphead. Uh, Cuphead. The game, the game is difficult. That's that. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's really hard. I mean, I don't know if it's the best way to describe it. It's a, it's a uh, generous op- way to describe it's it. It's the opening easy. way. Hey, listen, easy on the hot takes. We can only take so much heat here. This game is difficult. That's my opening for Cuphead. It's hard. It is hard. Here's what I love about Cuphead. Well, I mean, there's the obvious stuff, right? The, the animation is fantastic. I mean, it's such a beautiful game. It, it, when you play it, it's just... I don't know what it is about that style, but it, it gets me. I, it, it's kind of nostalgic, and it's I, it just looks great. It really, really looks so so good. The controls in the game are fantastic. I mean, and they have to be. A game like this where it's basically just a boss fight run, with a few exceptions of those run-and-gun levels, 
but you're basically just doing these giant boss fights over and over and over again. If you don't have crisp, clean controls, the game's not going to be any good. So I think the controls in the game are fantastic. Figuring out which weapons to use, depending on what boss you're fighting, that just adds that level of strategy to it that I really enjoy. But I think the thing I enjoy the most, and this might sound like I'm a crazy man, but I love that at the end of a fight that you have just lost, it will show you your progress bar, and it'll have Cuphead or Mugman run up the progress bar and get oh so close, and sometimes touching that last flag, but not enough. And you just know that you were one or two shots <laughs> off of beating whatever boss you're fighting. And it's almost enough to make you rage quit. But, you know, in my opinion, it is just the ultimate, I'm going to go one more time game. Like, I, one more try. I can do it just one more try. And the next thing you know, you've been playing for hours, trying to beat the same boss and getting your butt kicked over and over and over again. It's so frustratingly fun. I, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I took it as a personal insult every time that screen came up. Knowing how close I was, there were times I turned it off. I said, you kidding me? I was that close? Uh, I would be like, you know what? I'm not playing this tonight. I'm, I'm so angry that I was that close to winning. Oh, I totally feel you. And right? it, you know, it's one of those things where you, you know, even the more difficult fights, and there are some that are, I feel are much more difficult than others, but you'll advance through a phase of that fight and you think it might be the end. And then there's like this fourth phase that opens up. And you're like, Oh my God, how could there be more? How could there possibly be more of this boss? And then you die almost immediately. You have no chance to practice whatever that, that last phase is. And it's, you know, it's, it's just over and over and over again. I love it. So when you've beaten the game, uh, as a, was it a solo? Did you play with someone else or have you beaten it both ways? I, I beat it solo. Uh, I have played, cuphead with both of my sons but they <laughs> they don't have the patience to stick with it all <laughs> so uh, they'll get frustrated after you know several losses mm. and they they will be like i said i'm going to play fortnite or you know whatever they decide <laughs> so i have played it with with my boys we've beaten some bosses but we haven't completed the game as a two-player so beat it solo i'd love to beat it with one of them but i don't, I don't think they'll ever put in the time they need to did you enjoy the DLC? Because I, I know you, you posted a video of beating the DLC. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, you know, a couple more boss fights. Yeah, the, the final boss, Salt Baker or whatever he was called. <laughs> kind of a tricky fight, but not. I didn't find it as difficult as the devil. But I really did like the, the stages where you went up and you had to fight the... the it was the chess pieces, right? It, you had the pawn and then the right. knight and the bishop and so on and so forth. It was kind of a unique... Uh, set up where you had to use the parry instead of your weapons. I kind of like that. That was a cool twist. What What do you think was more hard, the the bosses, kind of in general, or the running gun levels? Because I mean, so I think there's a couple, one or two, that I didn't even beat the running gun levels because for them they're tough. They were tough for me. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say some of the bosses were were harder for me. I mean, the, the running maybe let's go back to my my Mega Man three playing. I mean, it felt <laughs> that almost felt normal going through those levels because it was, it was sort of just action platforming. And after I pick up a couple of patterns here and there, the, the thing I found most difficult about those levels were I wanted to get every daggone coin mm-hmm. available so I could buy more power-ups. And so I find myself dying over and over again, just trying to get one stupid coin that I couldn't reach. And so it was like, I could beat the level, but I didn't get all the coins. So I got to try again. Like I need to have those coins. So yeah, I mean, I would say some of the boss fights were 
more difficult in general, but uh, those running guns, they're tricky, man. I mean, you got to put in some time before you figure out all the patterns there. Do you have a favorite boss fight or one that sticks out to you? Yeah, yeah I, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's really a, a favorite. That, that goofy flower on the first island, <laughs> whatever, whatever that guy is called, that crazy dance he does gets me. Every time I see it, I just start laughing. He's, he's a real goofball-looking character. Yeah, I, I guess he would, yeah, the, as a, an animation, that, that's probably one of my favorites. The Beppy the Clown one in the carnival, that's just super creepy. Like, there's something super creepy about that clown. So that's kind of cool, too. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I like them all. They're, they're all pretty good. You're right. The animation stuff is cool. I, I, I like the one where I turn into an airplane and I get to kind of become a mini airplane. But it, yeah. it's, be, it's because of the animation. It's just, it's just kind of this weird, different thing. The, yeah. the, game, the game is great. I love it. It really is good. I, I would recommend anyone check it out, but be prepared. It's, you're going to want to pull your hair out yeah. after 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. All right, so now we move on to the future, and we're looking at a game that you are looking forward to, and your game is a game that I think you're just going to keep looking forward to and continue to look forward to forever. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Met- Metroid Prime 4. You're not the first person to be looking forward to this game because it's never coming, so there's going to be a lot of people looking forward to it. So let's start with this. Are you a Metroid series fan? Are you a Prime fan only? Where Where's your Metroid love coming yeah, from? I mean, my Metroid love goes back to the NES. I mean, Metroid on NES is great. Uh, Super Metroid, wow, man, that's that's another game from Super Nintendo that you can you can go back and play it today, and it holds up so, so well. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, Metroid Dread came out, and I was so excited for that game, and I I felt like I may have overhyped myself for that game, and then I bought it and loved it. It's so good. Metroid Dread is so good. So this is just a, sort of a continuation of that. The Prime games are really good. I enjoy playing them. So I'm looking forward to Metroid Prime 4. I mean, I, just another iteration of a classic character. And I'm yeah, it, it should be pretty good. I mean, I, I feel like they won't let me down. It, it you... may never get here, though. You're right. We may never see I, I at this point I, I would I would guess it's coming with the Switch Two because the Switch Two is not coming <laughs> until twenty twenty five at the earliest. So, yeah. I, so are you, I mean, it could come. It's we're all hoping. Do you prefer if you could pick one? Do you prefer that three D Prime version of Metroid, or do you prefer going back to the two D like Dread? Yeah, I, I would go to the two D. I mean, that's just sort of my that's that's where I grew up, and it just it feels. I don't know, it feels better when I play games like that. I mean, I really, really enjoy them. So anytime they put something out there that's that's a really good 2D platformer, I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah, Prime Prime was a cool series. And when the first one came out, it was the same sort of thing. It's the same way I felt about Ocarina of Time in that with that with that different perspective, the way they were changing the game, would that impact how much I enjoyed it? And it was different for sure, but I really like the Metroid Prime games. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be here before uh, twenty twenty five, or you know, at least while I'm still alive, that would be nice. Now onto a quest, a question from the Channel Three History Books. We pick for you to discuss here with us tonight. We don't tell you about this one. We pick one and we surprise you with it. See where we go from there. So the quest that we picked from your history. What is the first game you played with your significant other? <laughs> I remember this. The answer was Contra. <laughs> she, so I, I've had an NES my whole life, and 
when I went away to college, I didn't have one there. And when I, I moved back to the Baltimore area and got my own place, I was like, I've, I've got to go find an NES and start building my library. When my wife and I first started dating, I had it set up in my apartment and um, she asked if we could play. And I was like, sure, here's some of the games I have. What do you want to play? And she wanted to play Contra. And I was like, heck yeah, let's play some Contra. It's going to be great. So, you know, it, it, it was, yeah, I guess love at first destroyed alien base. We'll say that <laughs> it went pretty well from there. And we make it to the final, final question that we ask everyone here on the podcast. What's been your favorite feature on channel three so far? Boy, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff on channel three. I mean, I, I think the thing that I enjoy the most is, Oh boy, that's, that's hard. I, I would say the thing I enjoy the most are, are the daily challenges. You know, the trivia and the enhance and all that. It's one of the things I do with my morning coffee and it kind of gets my brain going and I enjoy stuff like that. Like I, I will play Wordle and I will do the C3 challenges, daily challenges uh, while I have my coffee. And that seems to get my, my day going. So I'll go with that. All right. Wait, and with wait, that, wait, we, wait. Oh. wait. He's got to pick one. We're not letting him get away with it. Yeah, I'm, you never let anybody get away with that, Ray. Normally you're the one who's going, no, no, no. You got to pick one. Pick one of the three. Wait, he, he said the games. He said the mini games. No, which which one That's of the an three? Acceptable answer. Which one of the three? Uh, I will I, I will go with enhance only because I I don't I think maybe one time I got it on the first guess, but every day I look at it and I'm like I bet I can get this in one, and then it winds up being like six or seven. But I do love the challenge there and just trying to figure out those that first color scheme and seeing if I can put it together through that. But it, that's a lot of fun. The enhance I think is pretty fun. Ray, I'm getting that I'm feeling lucky tag someday. I I I I'm feeling lucky every single day first. I I don't need to I don't need to get it on the first try anymore. I need lucky. That's the only thing I want now. All right, and with that, now we definitely have made it to the end of another What Are You Three podcast. Thanks, Bitstad, for being here today. You can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am L. Ray. Dan Tucker puts us all together, and our executive producer, Joel Willis. Have a good day, everybody. (laughs) 